Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Jeff Fedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I will break down how the Chiefs are looking during the preseason, especially the performance of rookie George Karloftis. But first, Joe, I listened to you on the uh, Border Patrol on A10 radio, and uh, you've done an Elvis Presley impersonation, a Rocky Balboa impersonation. <laughs> are we going to have to start incorporating these talents wars into our pod? I think we might have to, Jeff. It just kind of comes up, you know, when you only have, you know, a very short time to, you know, make a little bit of an impact there on a radio spot. You know, you want to use all your good material, you know, <laughs> that we're, we're, we're dragging this thing out, you know, week after week, you know, for a half an hour or so, uh, you know, I haven't, I can't condense everything in. So, you know, I feel a little bit of pressure to, to get, get all the good comedic and uh, you know, impersonation material out there, but it's been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, Steven and Nate have been great to, you know, chat with and, you know, just kind of talk real quickly about, you know, what's happened during the week and, and what they're seeing and, and what's coming up. You know, I get to get to joke around with them about Tim Grunhard a little bit and, uh, you know, cause they have their, uh, they do some, some pretty regular stuff with him, uh, on, on, uh, on the radio. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited to be joining them and, and to share the thoughts. It's great. It's great to connect with the Casey community in any way you can. Yeah, uh, about tell, this team. Tell listeners in case they want to hear these impressions of you. I mean, we'll be doing some of that on Believe in Chiefs, but in case they want to hear your Elvis impressions or perhaps your analysis of the Chiefs, yeah, yeah. where and when uh, should they listen to you? Yeah, so it's on Sports Radio 810 WHB, and uh, it's also recorded on the Border Patrol uh, with Stephen St. John and Nate, Nate Bucati. So uh, if you want to hear it live, it would be at 7.30 Central Time uh, or 8 uh, 8.30 Eastern time. So is when we, when we're live and on the air, uh, with the guys. So yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot of fun. It's a great way to start, start my Tuesday off. And you can also listen to, I actually have been listening to it on the podcast because Joe, it's at 7.30 central time, God willing, I'm either still in bed or if I'm not, I'm chasing <laughs> around a one and a half year old or, or the dog. So that's another you, way to listen to it. You got a lot on your plate at 7.30 in the morning. I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming that most of the people uh, are for those who are venturing into offices at this point, doing a little commuting or maybe, or maybe waking up with their coffee and, you know, emptying the dishwasher or something like that in the morning. So uh, yeah, but it's, but it's a lot of fun. And so you're right. It's, it's kind of convenient, right. With all these streaming services and the way that we can record things and post clips and whatnot to catch it. So, but yeah, it is live 7.30 uh, Central uh, on 8.10 and uh, yeah, on the podcast, The Border Patrol. So yeah, they do some nice clips and Mark Berger is uh, is on there and and just to, they got a lot of really good guests. Jamie Pluma uh, is on there a lot. So it's good oh, stuff. Royals pitcher. Yeah. 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 No, it's I really enjoyed uh, uh, listening into it for sure. Uh, well, Joe, the Chiefs, especially the first stringers, have looked great this preseason. Um, I'm perhaps most excited about rookie George Karloftis. And part of that is because the Chiefs' biggest issue last year was their pass rush. They ranked fourth worst in the NFL in sacks, and that and that's with the added advantage of you know the Arrowhead crowd. Um, so anyhow, Karloftis just thirty-one pass rushing snaps this preseason, 
in the two uh, in the two games combined. He has two sacks and five pressures uh, in, in those 31 uh, pass rushing snaps. And against the Commanders, one even came against a double team. Joe, how good can Karloftis be? I think he can be one of the greats, Jeff. He's got the supporting cast to go with it, right? He's got an excellent secondary behind him right now to hold off the, you know, the receiving core a little bit longer than, uh, you know, than, than, or, or, or hold them off long enough to get, let him get some pressure. He's got quick linebackers uh, to get into coverage so they can stop the short passes and, and give him a little bit more time to get to the quarterback. So I think he's got all the supporting cast and Hey, I think I know who's just as excited uh, about George Karloftis as you are. And I think that's Frank Clark. Yeah, I think it, right. I think it opens up a ton uh, for Frank Clark, because just like you and I've talked about this before, Jeff, when you have multiple pass rushers, you don't know where to slide the protection. And, you know, when I, I always think back and I know I've used this analogy before in this kind of comparison, but in 1992, when we played the Eagles at Arrowhead, and we knew Reggie White was coming in. You know, I'll never forget the the meeting room and Howard Mudd, our offensive line coach, turned to John Alt and said, you know, John you know, Clyde Simmons. Right. And he's like, yeah, he goes, well, you're going to really know him well this week. And, and the reason was because he was going to be on his own with them and he was not getting any slide protection. He wasn't getting any chip protection. Uh, he was going to be lucky if he got a tight end to, you know, kind of hold Clyde off a little bit. Cause we had to push all the protection to Reggie white because we knew he needed a double or sometimes a triple team. So, you know, if you get two edge rushers like that, that can absorb those tackles and then quarterbacks don't know where to slide the protection to uh, based on where the Mike linebacker lines up and who they declare as the, you know, hot linebacker, it's going to open it up for both Frank and for George, you know, and whether or not George becomes the, the guy that they all double team and Frank gets singled or vice versa, it's going to be, you know, hopefully open season for one of those guys to on the quarterback. Um, so that, that's what I'm most excited about having the multiple thresh, nothing against Mike Dan. I think, you know, he's a good player. He's solid, but he's not going to demand a chip. He's not going to demand a tight end in, you know, he's not going to demand the pushing of the offensive guard. Who's uncovered all the way pushing that way. So I just think the two of those guys together are really going to be a force and if dana yeah dana is like a nice like you said he, he's a nice piece if he can be yeah. like a rotational guy you know oh, you yeah. don't want him uh 60 snaps a game but if he can be a rotational guy he he does bring something is he's he's good in that role uh and, and joe you know Karloftis has been doing it against good competition against the commanders i i almost said redskins but i i, I corrected myself it's mentally. okay <laughs> against against the commanders um a lot of times I saw him going against uh, Samuel Cosby, who who was a guy that I thought the Chiefs, he, he was part of that group of tackles that I thought the Chiefs might look at um, in the first or, or second, or, or you know, before before they traded for Orlando Brown, and and he hasn't been uh, great, but he was he was very talented in college at Texas, so that's a pretty good comp if you have a rookie going against a second year guy who is a, a second a first rounder versus second rounder, first rounder this year, second rounder. Uh, last year now to just so we're not getting too premature joe do you think there's you know anything to the to the uh, fact that maybe he's facing more vanilla blocking schemes or things like that or or are you sold already 
No, I'm sold. I, I think, you know, he's been running with, you know, he's been running with the ones he's been getting in there in early reps. It's not as if he's doing this in the fourth quarter of, mm-hmm. of games. He's getting in early and he's showing his wares early in the game, which is good, which is, which is what you want to see. Um, and listen, every day he's going against some great linemen with the Chiefs. So it's not as if he's, you know, he's got Orlando Brown. He's going, you know, I'm sure if, if he's flip flopping sides, he's, he's going against Andrew Wiley. I mean, he's going against veterans who know what they're doing and he's getting a lot of work. I mean, it's, it's like the inverse of, of what happened to me, my rookie year, you know, getting to go against Derek Thomas every day. Mm-hmm. It just made me a better player and it does, and it does, it will, it will make him a better player, you know, repping against those guys every day and, and to continue to run with the ones. Cause I think that's going to be the most important thing is, to see how this progresses. So, and, you know, I, th- I think Andy, you know, Andy's a kind of, kind of coach. He, he's, he's not going to sit these guys. I don't think, especially with, you know, not having the multiple um, or not having the extra game, right. Having three games. Um, and I think, uh, I think the starters are, are, are probably going to play a little bit this week. I, I, I think they'll get out there. I don't think he's just going to sit them because then he's going to have to go two weeks without them playing. Is there some facet you're looking through it at it, watching him through kind of a lineman's eyes? Is there some facet of his game, his repertoire that really jumps out? Maybe you know they talk about his motor a lot, so maybe it's that, or maybe it's That's... his handwork, or so. Joe, what what jumps off the screen for you about him? Yeah, you're reading my diary again, Jeff. I was just that's a, those are the two things I was about to say because that's what you want on it with an edge pass rusher. You know, you want the hands right. It's it becomes it becomes a hand battle. Um, as athletic as, as tackles have gotten, you know, it becomes a real sort of karate, you know, to use that sort of martial arts type, uh, of an analogy that it becomes a, you know, hand to hand combat almost because everybody's athletic, everybody's fast, everybody's big, right? Look at the size of some of these left tackles these days and, and the right tackles are enormous, um, and long with long arms and, and great feet. So it becomes, you know, that, that real small space that you have to fight in it's not this big giant field anymore it's this little tiny battle that goes on with the hands and the chopping of the arms and 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 being able to then get into you know the tackle's body and shoot those long arms in and get a good bull rush in there when you need to you have to have you know to be a great pass rusher you have to have everything in your repertoire you can't just be speedy because they'll catch on to you. You know, you can't just be a bull rusher because then they'll just double team you and hit you in the ribs. You know, when the guard comes out to help the tackle, you have to have everything. You have to be able to bull rush. You have to be able to look at the def- offensive tackle's feet and see when they come together and make a move. You know, you've got to be able to see when they shoot their hands and knock them down and get them leaning forward. Um, you know, it's it, you, just, you have to have everything in your in your arsenal when you're going to be an elite pass rusher. That's what I see from him. I think he's got it all. Um, he doesn't just have the speed. He doesn't just have the strength and he doesn't have just the agility. He's got the kind of total package is what I think the Chiefs were really looking for. You know, um, I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but. You know, that's what we saw out of guys like, you know, Derek Thomas and, um, you know, some of the really great pass rushers that, you know, had that kind of body type. They just, you know, he, he's not Chris Jones. He doesn't have that kind of size. Right. He's he's and, and he's he's, uh, you know, probably not going to be 
in that Reggie White type category. I mean, Reggie was just he was a, a just a freak of nature, and with the with the the the, bot, the hip leverage that he had, and how low his center of gravity was, and how long his torso was, and how he could just use that hump move to just lift you up. Um, you know, George doesn't have that, but he's got a good combination of of a lot of those um, a lot of those skills. Um, and a lot of those attributes that I think are going to make him a long time pass rusher, who's not just going to be somebody who, you know, gets hurries or things like that. I think he's, I think he's going to turn, I think he's going to turn it into sacks and not he, just like pressures. And he certainly has already. And we're going to be back with more on Karloftis and, and some other uh, breaking down to more of the Chiefs uh, roster. But first, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts. Uh, Joe, you know, I, I think the comp still holds. A lot of people have compared uh, Karloftis to Ryan Kerrigan, you know, another high motor guy that they both went to Purdue. Um, they're even, you know, kind of friendly with each other, obviously Purdue edge rushers. Uh, and, and to say the high motor thing, that's, you know, Karloftis is also very athletic. I'm not trying to, he's a guy who's, you know, six four. I think he was at the combine. He was two sixty six and ran in the four sevens. I mean, that's really, really good athleticism. Mm-hmm. Um, but Joe, out of curiosity for for you, if if it was like, could did you prefer facing the guys who were the high motor guys, the athlete, that or more of just the raw athleticism? What what kind of matchup? I guess how would you match up against Carl Optus kind of? Is what I'm getting at. Yeah. What? What? Before I answer that, Jeff, one other guy. I think. I think Jared Allen's another one. I think oh, that nice. really. You know, I've been thinking a lot about that as I've, I've been watching him. Obviously, he obviously spent time with the Chiefs. It's like gives me a little bit of a feeling of of Jared too. You know, very similar in in the way that he plays. Um, no, the guys that um, the guys that you know, I personally that you know, I struggled with um, were the guys that had um had a little bit of that dip you know um like like a George Karloftis or like obviously you know Derek Thomas um it was it was the high motor like long arms um guys that I I struggled with the most because I had long arms I had you know I've, I've really long arms and I tried to use that to my advantage when I played tackle and get my hands on the edge rushers quick. Um, but if you got, if you were going against somebody that could dip their shoulder and turn that corner, those are the guys that were really, really tough because they, it kind of um, nullified, so to speak, your, your long arms because they would get into your body so fast that you couldn't keep them away. I mean, the guys that I matched up well against were the guys that were, you know, bigger. I actually played better against bigger uh, defensive ends or defensive tackles. I felt like I could match up uh, in the pass, in the pass, in pass protection against, you know, guys like, uh, here's a name I'll blast from the past from the Cowboys, Jim Jeffcoat, right? Just a oh, big, yeah. 
massive guy. Um, I, you know, um, Neil Smith was, was the type of player that I liked to, to go against it. I really did not like the, the, the players like, um, Rufus Porter was, was a guy that was, uh, a lot of Chiefs fans might remember from the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. He was a, a Derek Thomas kind of prototype, uh, where it was dip the shoulder, shorten the corner, use their speed, but they still had enough strength that even though I might've outweighed them by 30, sometimes 40 pounds, um, you know, I, it didn't matter because they still had the strength, but they had that little extra bit of speed that allowed them to get into your body faster and sort of, uh, negate, uh, you know, any long arm, you know, protection that you might have by getting your arms out on their shoulder. Those were, those are the guys that were tough. So I I definitely put Carl Loftus in, in that category as the kind of player that, you know, you really, really didn't like to play against. Um, it's funny because I think John Alt, um, he actually matched up much better against those types of players. Again, now granted he was six foot eight and he was an all pro, but I know I used to watch the way that he would block guys like Derek Thomas and um, his arms were so long and he was such a massive force and he had such good feet. Cause John, you know, John played like tight end in his you know younger days and he was a really good athlete. And, and I think John, you know, and he, and the one, the guys that John didn't match up well with were the kind of the guys that I did. Like he, he did not, he did not like playing against Leslie O'Neill, who was more of a bigger, yeah, the big, you know, more guys. of a, yeah. more of a Neil Smith, mm-hmm. Chris Jones type uh, at defensive end. Um, and that's, those are the guys he didn't like. So, um, because sometimes those guys would get into him. Chris Jones, we would all label him as probably the best. Chiefs defensive player. He's been much more consistent than Frank Clark, but I almost want to say like Frank Clark might have been a tougher matchup for you than than Chris Jones. Not, I mean, Chris Jones is tough for anybody. Well, well yeah, what you said, body yeah, pass. yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're all they would all be tough for me to block, but right. but like the guys that I would dread. especially maybe a little bit now, right? Yeah, maybe a little yeah. challenging. Yeah, 2022 yeah, at, at my age and weight and and <laughs> you know and and the shape that i'm in of course you know i could maybe i got I, you know maybe a series left in me at this point but <laughs> but yeah but no i definitely would um i would much have i would much i would have looked forward more to playing well, not not that anybody's looking forward to playing these guys i would have i would have feared less how's that i would have feared less going against a chris jones than i would uh you know a frank clark one-on-one you know i mean because it just you give yourself, you know, uh, you know, you have to know what your what your strengths and your matchups are. So, you know, they're all good. They're all great. And they all give you nightmares when you're an offensive lineman to, to blocking those guys. But definitely there's there's always the type of player that you match up better against. I mean, I look back to like as as hard of a uh, a time as any player had with Reggie White. Uh, you know, there wasn't an offensive lineman that ever felt comfortable right. blocking him, except for Eric Williams from the Cowboys. Like, if you can go back to those 90s. And he was uh, a so, I mean, that, he was great himself, you know. But, yeah, Eric Williams, you know, was a guy that uh, he just had Reggie's number. Like, he just, Reggie couldn't do anything against him. Just certain, there's just certain matchups that just work. Uh, Joe, now, I mean, the Chiefs have looked so great. I've really been, really, their starters up 21 nothing. Mahomes. Looks unbelievable. He looks so crisp. You mentioned Carl Loftus. But you know, we're we're not cheerleaders here. We do have to give the full package. There, there are there's no it's never perfection. There's there are some weaknesses that that concern me. One one negative I 
I want to talk about the running game. I know we want to talk about the offensive line a little bit too. Um, you know, I actually got, I, I'm not that active on social media, but I got really, <laughs> I got a lot of feedback for a, uh, for a tweet, um, a lot of it negative. So, yeah, so I'm you sure did. Me. Um, you know, Eric Bieniemy is the offense coordinator, extremely polite, um, but he's, he's very verbose without saying much. And, and that, that's a good thing. You know, it's, it, it's, it's coach, coach talk. Um, so it was glaring when he said that during his press conference that um, Clyde Edwards, that he was working on him and he's, you know, he, he was encouraging. He said that he's doing a good job, but he's working on his conditioning. We want him so that he can go nine plays in a row. I'm working on his win. And so that, you know, I, I tweeted that uh, EB said that, um, that, Edward Zeller had to work on, had to improve his conditioning and everyone was tagging me yeah. like, he didn't say that he was, but you know, if you read between the lines, it was, and, you yeah. know, he, he, um, he has, has not looked great. Um, the running game as a whole, uh, Ronald Jones, who I was so excited about, um, has, has really struggled, uh, as has Derek Gore. Uh, Pacheco has shown something in kind of the, as a pass catcher, but it flashes, but he, he's a seventh round guy. Joe, your your level of concern about the running game? Uh, uh, we'll, we'll go like you said. We'll go in the offensive line because that's not it's not the starters I'm worried about. But from the running game perspective, I'm worried about the whole thing mm-hmm. um, because it's what it's doing yeah. what what it's doing, Jeff, is it's 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 not really giving the offensive line the confidence that they need to know where the running backs are going to be and mm-hmm. and where they're going to be where what holes they're going to be hitting and when they're going to be hitting them. Um, but, you know, I, I, I talked about a little bit today on the radio um, that, you know, it could be a chicken and the egg, too, for like a Clyde edwards Alaire. He was so used to having every rep of his life, right? College, like high school, I'm sure, college, he was the guy, right? He got all the reps, getting 30, 40 touches a game out of the backfield, right? But, you know, all of a sudden you come into this offense that is deep with a deep playbook and a lot of formations and spreading the ball around. You see the way that Patrick is effective at getting the ball to all of his receivers and out of the backfield, tight ends, ride receivers, running sweeps, you know, doing crazy flea flickers. I mean, there's just, they've got so many weapons um, and that, you know, you get to a running back who, you know, maybe, maybe Clyde just isn't getting into a groove and maybe he's the type of player that needs to get his motor revved up before he becomes effective. But in this offense, he might happen to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm concerned. I'm concerned that this is a make or break year for Clyde Edwards Alaire to whether or not he's the right guy for this offense. And I know that the Chiefs coordinators, both offensively and defensively have always worked the playbook around the players. Mm-hmm. And, and I do still believe that wholeheartedly, but there is a part of me, Jeff, that still says you got to, so at some point you got to fit into the playbook, right? Mm-hmm. Like as much as, as much as the chiefs will try to mold the plays around their players, which they've done just spectacularly with Patrick Mahomes. Um, and I think to a certain degree, Travis Kelsey, and I think Tyreek Hill when, when he was here, but his, they're, I mean, his speed perfectly fitting a guy with yeah. Mahomes' arm strength, you know? Yeah, they're just, there comes a time, even even though the Chiefs go out of their way to get players the right kind of plays, 
there comes a time where you got to kind of fit the playbook. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just don't know if Clyde is the guy. I I I I, I like when he's I like he's he seems like a, just a really great teammate, and and I just don't know if he's the right player. And I, I don't and I don't think it needs to be a Derrick Henry either. I don't know if if they would want to mold their offense around a guy who's going to want to run the ball twenty five or thirty times a game, and you know you know, four yards in a cloud of dust kind of, a, you know, package, right. Where it's just pound it with Derek, pound it, pound it, pound it, pound it. So it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this year shakes out for Clyde. Um, and, and, and what's funny, Joe is about um, fitting the playbook. I remember watching Edwards Elaire in college on that fantastic LSU national championship guy game, like excuse me, that national championship team. And I'm like, this is a guy Perfect for the Chiefs' offense. He looks so great in space. Um, I thought he would perfectly fit that that playbook you're talking about. I think part of it he has, you know, he's small. He might not be as fast as he should be for a guy of his size. He's very elusive, and, and also listen, a big part of it he's been hurt throughout his career. Yeah. Um, that's tough for anybody when you're so close. That's often uh, the ter- terminating factor. Health in in the NFL among such skilled players, and it might have robbed him of something when he when he was coming back you never know how the journey of the season goes right if you lose a player that's a becomes a target you know i mean god forbid you know the chiefs lost you know somebody in their wide receiver or tight end or whatever and they need to really focus on the run you know you never know um when somebody's number is going to get called and when they're going to be dependent upon um i just hope that it you know, I just hope it all comes into place and clicks. You know, as soon as the as soon as the season starts for Clyde and 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 how they can work him into the offense to make him make him more effective. I, and I think it's going to help the offensive line too because mm-hmm. I think right now they're struggling with it. They don't. I just don't think the offensive line and the, and the running backs are are really in sync. And and it's again vice versa. I don't know whether it's the line's not in sync with where the running back or the running games is or or whether you know, the running backs aren't in sync with where the offensive line is blocking and, and what they're doing to, you know, to create space for, for the running backs. I mean, I was listening with uh, Tim, Tim Grunhart was talking, uh, you know, on the radio about, um, you know, making sure that this offensive line doesn't become a position block blocking offensive line. They need to, you know, Tim and I came from that whole finish your block. Don't dictate where the ball carrier is going to go by put, uh-huh. putting your butt in the hole to position block somebody. Just keep driving guys down the field and let the running backs pick where they want to go left or right. And then you finish the block. Um, Tim, Tim was talking about that. And it brought, brought back, a, you know, a lot of memories of when running games really get going, like we had in Kansas city back in those days, like, you know, we we didn't tell the running backs where to go. They 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 went where they wanted to go because the way of the way that we block straight ahead. You know, take the defender where he wants to go. Let the running back make his cut. Don't ever put your butt in the hole because you close things down for the running back. And you know, maybe maybe there's part of that that's still there. You know, for this offensive line, that's you know they're position blocking a little bit. It's 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 gonna you know obviously when the lights come on. Opening day, we'll we'll see how you know what Eric maybe has up his sleeve for getting this whole running game thing all put back together. And he might still have you know Jarek McKinnon up his sleeve that he was so good uh, down the stretch of the season in the postseason last year. He's an older guy; he's had some injuries. I'm sure he, they're clearly not wanting to use him too much in the preseason to save him. So that is one guy they have. And Joe, just as we wrap up here, um, the, the offensive line has, has looked, I think you know. 
it's a really good unit. It's it's changed a little bit than than we thought. Maybe a little bit less depth. I I actually thought before, uh, before the preseason that Darian Kennard might start at right tackle. I think I even predicted it. Andrew Wiley's been good. Kennard, I still think he makes the team. I think he's a rookie and he could get better, but he hasn't looked. He's had he's struggled a bit in, in camp. The the offense line not quite as they were so deep last year. It doesn't they look good, but not not deep, right? That's what's that's what's got me fearful, Jeff. Is more than more, anything. More than I, the I know, know is interconnected with the running game, but you're more fearful about that than the running game. It's not yeah, I, I am because I think you know when you look at their front five, I, I literally and I, again, I'm not being a, a, a just the Chiefs homer. I, I I really think that this I'd put this front five up against anybody. I mean, just where you look at where they came off of last year, with you know. With you know, with, with how Orlando Brown continues to develop and become a great All-Pro player, Tooney, the, the rookie years that that Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith had, my goodness, I mean, you know, you hope you just hope they don't have a sophomore slump. I mean, their freshman year, you know, was so good. Um, you just hope that they can keep that, you know, keep that rolling. And then I think Andrew Wiley's done everything. I mean, Andy Reid has all the confidence right now. Every time you know he talks about him. He talks about how he's, you know, doing the thing, and and that nobody's really been able to catch him, and he's got experience on his side. He so had a great block in that that Bears game, the 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 touchdown. I think it was might have been the Blake Bell touchdown. Um, he had a great block in that. Uh, he he's looked he's he's exceeded my expectations. Yeah, and I, and I think you know Nick Allegretti and and Austin, you know, Ryder are really the only two sort of like air quote starters. Right. Right. that we have right now where you and I have, have joked about this before. Um, there were times where the chiefs, honest to goodness, had 11 starters uh-huh. um, at some form or fashion on the roster. And I know, you know, uh, Kyle long was, you know, was hurt and he was on the pup and everything. And it was tough to get him back in, but nonetheless, he was still, he was still a starter at some point in his career for a pretty decent stretch. So I never had any fear that like a, they were going to have a missing piece. I mean, Right now, the big worry is is tackle. You know, I mean, could could Jaron Christian or or Darian Kennard, if 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 Andrew or Orlando happen to go down or miss a game or something happens, could they? Would they be? You know, I mean, I just I, I don't know. I, I I'm scared because I think Remmers was a great backup. Uh, you know, in the passing, we got I know we got to get Lucas back. He we know that he can play and he can start. He 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 proved that you know at the beginning of last year. Um, but it's like, where, where do we go after that? You know, where do we go? I mean, I know, I think we're okay. This, the depth inside, I, you know, I have all the confidence in the world in, in Nick Allegretti and Austin Ryder, that they're not going to lose a game, uh, as the backups, they, they've got, you know, good starter DNA in there, but there's some, you know, if they get two or three injuries on the O-line, I just, I just don't want to, my stomach drops. I don't want to have another Super Bowl right. situation, you know, and I know, I know Brett Beach and, and Andy did everything they could to avoid that happening by loading up over the last, you know, year and a half, two years. But this year, it seems like we've taken a little bit of, of a step back um, in the depth of the offensive line. So fingers crossed, you know, everybody stays healthy and, um, you know, we can get this front five to, to carry us through the season. Well, if you enjoy this show presented by Bet Online, please subscribe. We're available on your favorite directories iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and t- tune in. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.